You're listening to Paint the Town podcast with your hosts, LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen. What's going on, everyone? Dude, this has got to be one of the coolest places that we have done a podcast yet. Right now, we're in Amsterdam, and we are in a, a really cool office above what is called the original Dampkring uh, coffee shop. Now, a coffee and, shop in Amsterdam isn't like uh, your normal coffee shop in uh, uh, you know in L.A., man. You know, mind you, they do have some great coffee. I yeah. just had some, and it is <laughs> excellent. But uh, basically in Amsterdam, which is, again, it's one of my favorite cities, basically, um, a coffee shop is basically a place that uh, you, you can smoke weed. Uh, and you can get a variety of different types of weed. You can get pre-rolls. And today we're sitting here with the owner, man. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank this you, man. Jason. Jason, what's your last name? Ben Andy. Yeah, see, that's yeah. what I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Now, it's um, typical Dutch. Jason is uh, not only the uh, owner of the Damp Tring um, coffee shop, but he is also the uh, owner of the OD Gallery, which is one of uh, one of the galleries we've heard a lot of good things about here in Amsterdam. Yeah, you know, I came here, uh, I had some contacts with previous galleries, actually I'll just say the name Lionel Gallery, we worked with them, but you know, they're not even existing here anymore, basically. They all moved to the Mocha Museum to do that, the same backers I heard. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's really interesting because I really didn't talk to too many artists before, but OD Gallery is always highly acclaimed by a lot of the artists around here. So we just definitely wanted to talk to you, man. And, and thank you. Thank you for letting us, you know, come in. Yeah, you're office. welcome. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm happy to hear it that I uh, appreciate what we do. <laughs> definitely. Uh, so, I mean, um, you're Dutch. Uh, how long have you, or did you grow up in Amsterdam? Yeah. Okay. Born and raised. Oh, really? Okay. What section so of Amsterdam? Uh, uh, just curious. Uh, I was born in uh, the south of Amsterdam at the Olympic Stadium. Okay. And, uh, which now is a pretty nice neighborhood. Back in the day, it was a little bit more, <laughs> yeah, rowdy. Uh, and I think since my twentieth, I lived really in the center. Uh, okay. Of, uh, of uh, Amsterdam. What awesome. kind of things did you get into when you were uh, younger? Uh, you well, uh, like I said, uh, I. L- I grew up next to the Olympic Stadium, and that was used uh, by Ajax, our football team, uh, as uh, to play the big games. So uh, yeah, if we were lucky, every two weeks we had riots in the neighborhood. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, wait a second. When you say in football, um, uh, soccer, yeah, for Americans, for us, that's <laughs> football. You know, <laughs> this is, this is LA Street Art Gallery. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So our uh, soccer team. Your uh, you play even, soccer then. Sorry? So you played some soccer then? Uh, I think every Dutch kid played soccer. (laughs) Like you play football or uh, baseball, we play soccer on the streets. But uh, yeah, Ajax is our uh, city club. Uh, Did well in the Champions League this year. But back then they used Olympic Stadium uh, for their bigger games. And... Yeah, then the other team's fans also come to the neighborhood and then, yeah, they uh, they riot, start yeah. to riot. Oh and if God. you're young, you you go along with it. <laughs> now, when you're saying rioting, like, I mean, fighting. Well, we're from L.A., like, you know yeah, what I mean? When fighting. we win, when we win uh, a championship normally, uh, then when the Lakers win, 
it's like almost standard in LA too that people will write. You know, you write when you win and you write write when you lose too. And what I, that's what I'm saying. Europeans are really serious about their football, man. You know, there's uh, things known as soccer hooligans here, basically. And uh, you know, it's equivalent to people going to Dodger games and then getting stabbed, basically, or Raider games. You there's know? a uh, what is the guy Gruff? Gruff played for See, the I, LA Lakers. I can't pronounce it. Okay. Or LA, uh, not the Lakers. Uh, Galaxy. The, the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Went, yeah. Uh, he was one of the first Dutch players who really saw like that uh, he should get paid for his talent and that move to foreign clubs so that's why in Barcelona uh, yeah they still see him as a as a hero they make movies about him and all I've that seen his image stuff. all around town can yeah. you um, can you just say his name one more time Johan Cruyff Thank you, because it, you can't, Krauf. you just can't. Krauf. yeah, that's Krauf. what, Krauf. That's what would, um, uh, most people would say. Yeah, but see, I love hearing the the way it's supposed to be pronounced, because yeah. I could never do it. I would Definitely. have to practice speaking <laughs> like that in order to be able to pronounce it. That's awesome. For us, mainly, it's, you know, you know, like I said, football's big, you know, and but people don't understand. Europeans are really, really crazy about their soccer. But, you know, you know Let's talk about let's talk about uh, uh, you know. I like finding out how people kind of get to where they're where they okay, are. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? definitely. So, uh, from being you know soccer player and getting in some some riots and stuff. No, I was not a player. I didn't play for Ajax. Uh, it was more that was you were more my in the neighbor. Riots. You're more in the hooligan. I was just getting along. You know, it's like. Uh, yeah, all these people coming to your neighborhood. Uh, for me, it was like I want to watch the game, so I had to didn't have the money. So you sneak in all kinds of ways, try to get <laughs> into the stadium, and that mostly uh, worked out for us. And uh, yeah, that makes it a little bit uh, of a yeah crazy kind of a neighborhood. And then uh, yeah, we had this. Yeah, not a gang, uh, but... Uh, Soccer club. Uh, no, that, uh, I mean in the neighborhood, uh, like in LA, if you were from a certain, certain neighborhood, district, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you would hang with your friends. Yeah. But yeah. maybe when you get older, it, it get, life gets a bit harder. But we also had a big group, and if we would go to the city or whatever we would do, we would come with like 50 guys. You roll, roll oh, deep, that's what we say. We, we yeah, deep. some guys really... Uh, <laughs> But I was young. I was more tagging along. I didn't see myself as this uh, hardcore uh, guy <laughs> as the other guys from the <clears throat> Now, one of my dreams is to own a coffee shop in Amsterdam, man. Yeah, so how, how did you get from, how there, did you to, get from there to, to there? there? Because I would love to know the process. I mean, is it difficult? Is it uh, always steady business? I mean, How long have you had the day? Yeah. Uh, myself, I own this place since 2011. Okay. And when I was 18, I'm from 71, so that was 89, uh, I started to help in uh, in the coffee shop that we would hang out uh, every day. And that was more like cleaning. And uh, after sure. a while, I had to roll joints. And then somebody asked me to work for an, a coffee shop and uh, uh, that was not that coffee shop mm-hmm. uh, that was actually the greenhouse coffee shop and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i worked there behind the bar then i became a manager then i had a fallout with them and worked for other coffee shops and i think in 97 i came to work here behind the bar and five years later again i started as a manager and worked myself up and yeah then i was lucky enough to uh yeah, that I could become the owner. 
Lucky you enough, that probably that so, comes with a lot of hard work, though, dude. You, from what it sounds yeah, like, but you, yeah. yeah, I know a lot of people who worked hard and didn't get where I, I got. That's, that's a good that's, point. So I see it also as a bit of luck in my life. Is there only a certain number of permits for the coffee shops, or can I just come in here and say, like, hey, you know, uh, you want you, to? You have to take over another coffee shop. Okay. And then, uh, it's so all run by mafia. <laughs> No, it's like you have to buy their, uh, you have to buy Grand shares. Public. So uh, they probably made this model and what we call a bay fee. So and then you can buy shares, and if you take over the shares, then the uh, the license will get on your name. Oh, okay. And there are it's so like rent. many licenses. You have to think in the early nineties, you had like six hundred coffee shops in Amsterdam, and it's now like hundred seventy. Oh left. my gosh, wow. Because of the rules they put on us and yeah, they keep on pushing it. So that does give it, like you said, like maybe with the, the garbage trucks, that you need a license. And if you want to take over the license, that's going to cost you a lot of money. I see. You know, in LA, we just started, in California, they just uh, pretty much legalized it. We call it recreational. Before, it was always medicinal, right? We have to put different uh, labels on it because... Uh, you know, there's just so many laws. So nowadays there are a lot of, uh, we call our shops dispensaries for marijuana and there's so many uh, illegal ones basically too. And it's, they're really trying to crack down on it. Uh, but it's interesting uh, because the black market's so big. It, it, we're kind of uh, late while you guys have gone through this transition since the 90s already basically, right? Yeah, but I have to explain uh, in America, at least it's legal or in the States, in certain yeah. states, sure. it's certain becoming states. legal. Over right. here, what people think it is legal, it's actually only tolerated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? So yeah. the sales in the coffee shop is okay. Yeah, we sp we also speak in different because you got guys got ounces and pounds, but you have to think we, we are allowed to have like a pound of wheat in the coffee shop, and then it's all legal. Everything ha what happens outside is illegal. The growing of it, the, t uh, the running of it, <laughs> the providing of it, everything is illegal. I see, I and see. And only with a license you are allowed to sell to a customer. I see, so it's just it's just supposed to magically appear <laughs> in your... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. That's so interesting because, like I say, we have, I know that in California, there's a permit to transport it, how much, basically, and every single place you have to have, that's how they get you to uh, the red tape, as sure. I like to call it, you Everyone's know. Everyone's got to make the money. But, I mean, you know, I actually, how, I heard how it happened in Amsterdam, because there was one single guy that imported so much, basically, that they kind of had to end up tolerating it, like you said, something like that, but this guy ended up... Uh, well, it's a bit different. You're talking about Klaas Brownsma, which yeah. was a big mafia guy. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was, uh, he ended up like dead. He was a very smart guy, but uh, later in his life, he started to use so much cocaine that he's becoming a threat. And They often But he, he had big <laughs> balls, but you have to think his father had a, a, a factory the with soda. Sodas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, so he understood the business model and where others, uh, like maybe the mafia, understand uh, the business model of a thing, but uh, most of the like gangsters or crooks, they do whatever. Yeah, yeah, and they, yeah. They, it's just like they wake up and do something, but he had like really like, uh, I got these guys. Structure, and they, basically. Yeah, he had the structure and he had the vision. So he said, you are the division of uh, gambling. 
you do the division of the of the the hashish. You do. so he had divisions of that, and he understood that this very guy, well. This but, guy imported so much basically that they had to change the books. <laughs> no, no. What actually happened? Uh, how the story is is that uh, in the seventies uh, uh, or the the late sixties, early seventies, Amsterdam was really like this hippie capital. Yeah, they would sleep here on the Dam Square or the Vondel Park. Yeah, and. Now there was this like uh, uh, closer to Rotterdam, a different city. They had uh, this, uh, yeah, a bit of a, a European Woodstock, mm-hmm. and they heard all the hippies are using drugs. So the police went out there, and uh, <coughs> they uh, uh, they had a look, and then they came back and they said, "Well, the hippies, yeah, they use drugs, but they're all very <laughs> friendly." <laughs> So, what what are we supposed to do? Are we uh, are we gonna arrest them? And yeah, so they didn't know what to do. So now they came with this commission, and they had to look into it. And this commission actually said we have to come up with a toleration law. And then you had uh, in '76 you had uh, 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 Van Acht. He was doing uh, justice. Uh, he was uh, uh, m- m- uh, minister of justice, and yet Irene Voorink was uh, the Ministry of Health, and they talked together and they came up with the toleration law. Funny story about Irene Voorink: she had a son called uh, Koos Zwart, and he is one of the founders of the Paradiso. Yes. Yeah, Paradiso is the big concert hall, but back in the day it was not a concert hall, it was more like a, a, a youth center. Mm-hmm. And that's where you would go to the Melkweg or the Paradiso to buy hash, because there were not <laughs> real coffee shops. <laughs> and now this guy, he did also like, uh, he also had a, a radio program, and it was from what uh, a, te- a television and radio broadcasting uh, company, the Fara. And, uh, yeah, that was really labor party uh, kind of uh, thing. And he would tell you the stocks at that moment, but the stocks were not about gold or grain or oranges or, you know, oil. No, he was telling you the prices of hash and wheat all over the world. How much was Afghan? <laughs> how much was uh, Indonesian wheat? How much yeah, was yeah, uh, yeah. South African wheat? And that, yeah, he, Market would do, price. he would do the stocks. And that was funny. And it's mother she is the one uh, of the two persons who was uh, who made the toleration law oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah back in the day but life was I think life was better you know you could do more <laughs> shit back then than now yeah well, I, I mean pity the kids. Less, less regulation I, even since I started coming to Amsterdam man I mean uh, before I was able to get uh, things under the counter as you say you know you know yeah. but nowadays uh yeah, I, I can't find any, uh, uh, you know, you can still find like mushroom truffles basically, but you can't find any uh, dry mushrooms anymore no. uh, I mean, under the counter at the store uh, anymore. So I'm saying they really changed a lot, and which leads me to my next point is that I heard they cleaned up quite a bit of the street art uh, in, in the uh, uh, Amsterdam area actually too. Yeah, especially in the center. Yeah, and um, you know, there was a lot of it was actually like LA, there's these areas, one of the areas is like Melrose area that um, the artists have all come together and there's some sort of weird democracy that uh, <laughs> of respect, <Yeah. laughs> you know, and it makes the area actually 
uh, very aesthetically pleasing. Actually, there's walls that have uh, so many artists on it, but it actually looks like it's uh, curated together. But it's just peacefully coexisting in a sense. And this is after years of battles and things like that. Now you know. So I mean, how has Amsterdam changed in uh, for the graffiti and street art scene? Because graffiti is obviously very big before here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a few, he had many groups, and it, it was also a big base. Like he had like uh, the guys from uh, CBS, Geef Bay. That those were from the east, uh, Amsterdam. From South Amsterdam, he had USA United Street Artists, with uh, which had the biggest talents at that moment, uh, like uh, Delta, uh, Shoe, those guys. Uh, they're still working. Uh, they're still artists. Uh, um, after the 80s, yeah, or the 90s, you really got a clean up and it's becoming more of a, a really like a city. What you will see, yeah, I've never been to LA, so I cannot, mm -hmm. my friends always ask me, but I never made it uh, to <laughs> LA yet. But uh, if you look at London or Amsterdam, it's mostly expats that are living in the center, yes. or people that are not. Uh, uh, from Amsterdam uh, uh, yeah they're not born and raised there so you have people that want to live in the center but they want to live nice quiet and yeah that's not possible that's you know, now you have these LA people too. complaining about tourists yeah and they puke and they're drunk and they yeah what, would you, what do you do when you're on holiday <laughs> Uh, and then yeah, it's a little bit like, yeah, they went they, to they Amsterdam to because we do have that name about the red light district yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm used to it, you know, like, yeah. I couldn't live without it. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. That's, you know what? That's the same thing because I grew up in Los Angeles and uh, uh, it's very, very similar because... Uh, first of all, downtown, downtown LA, there's not very much areas to live, it's where all the skyscrapers are, you know. And then we have a greater area called LA County, basically. Um, and then all the people that are actually uh, transplants, we call them, from other areas, they like to live closer to the center. Although LA's really, really spread out, but, uh, you know, all the people who grew up in L.A. tend to be around from L.A. County suburbs, as we call it, you know. And then we, uh, when we have something to do in L.A., we'll go into the, the city, you, you know. So it's very similar, like, like you said, in Amsterdam. All the, the people coming in from other places tend to live in the center as well. Yeah, it's like Venice Beach, you know. <laughs> I've never been there, but, like, I saw, like, uh, yeah, if you see the documentary Dogtown and the yeah, Sea Boys, there's yeah, nobody yeah. dare to go there, you know. It's yeah. like... It's changed quite this a bit is since gangland, and now you have to be careful. And now everybody wants to live there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know? and the real estate there is the real exploded. estate. Yes. That's what in Amsterdam is also happening, and that's yeah, that's a shame. And that's the same with the graffiti. They see that as yeah, it's disgusting, and yeah, of course, sometimes uh, sometimes it's trash, but sometimes it's much more than that. And then you yeah, you have to understand what it is, and. Uh, yeah, uh, sometimes yeah, an artist also has to grow, you know, and you start uh, to, to tag and then you do a throw up and that's how you get to a piece or a beautiful piece, you know? Right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, is there a big riff um, between street artists and graffiti artists as a... Because I know in the beginning when... Uh, not, not the beginning, but um, just like maybe 2010 time, there was more of a, a separation in Los Angeles. There is very a lot of distinct differences. But now nowadays, the more and more I see uh, graffiti artists doing stencils. I mean, uh, 
Well, there's there's some crews that, that won't do that. You know, yep. mm -hmm. they'll just they they like everything freehand, and yep. they think that if you're using a stencil that you're cheating. Um, which you know, there's there's respect to that. These guys do amazing work. They're like the Michelangelo's of of the graffiti world. Um, but uh, you know, when it comes to uh, getting into a gallery, now how did you how did you end up um, uh, starting OD Gallery? Well. OD still stands actually for original damping, but which the is the thing, coffee shop, uh, right? which is the coffee shop. But then when we would do shows, people would think like uh, 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 that we were having a show in a in a coffee shop. Well, you guys think a coffee shop is all uh, you know great, and but uh, up here sometimes it's even uh, frowned upon. Yes, yeah, I look oh, coffee shop holder. So like they Lord thought Brown, uh, I was uh, whitewashing money in my gallery, or uh, so we turned it into OD. And uh, now they think it's a separate uh, entity. I see. Well, it's a separate it, building. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, how I started, it actually did start that uh, I had this uh, artist also making my T-shirts, and I was just selling him them behind my dealer from behind my dealer booth. Mm -hmm. And it was just not enough space. And I also had the idea to yeah, start selling like cannabis seeds and bring it a bit together. And uh, like next door, yeah, it's not here anymore, more, but there was this snack bar and it was closed down. So I was like, if I get this little spot next to my shop, then I can sell my t-shirts. But they wouldn't rent it out. They had different plans with it. So yeah, the plan or the plan was already in my idea, uh, in my head. So I started looking for different spots, and at one moment we found this spot. The rent was right, uh, uh, or not too expensive uh, for in uh, for the like the square meters that we have, and in the center of the city. Yeah, it's a great spot. And. So we started and we start building and I'm looking and yeah, we had all these big walls and yeah, if you're going to sell seeds, a pack of seeds just doesn't take that much space. So <laughs> it was a bit like, yeah, we have to fill this. So I asked my friend, uh, like, can you uh, uh, ask your uh, other uh, street art friends uh, or artists that if they have paintings, they can hang them here and I will give a good deal on it. Uh, I was still looking at other uh, artists also, so yeah, if you can see, I have a lot of glass over here from yeah, uh, a lot yeah. of uh, artists, and I was, uh, I was trying to bring that together, and with the opening night, we already saw, like, we're not going to sell a lot of t-shirts over here, it's, it really became a gallery. Yeah, mm. and uh, from on that point on, it was really like, no, we're gonna try to run this as a gallery, and yeah, try to do it as good as we can. Now, uh, so one of the misconceptions people have when it comes to, you know, when they see a, an art gallery, is that they think, oh man, the people who are selling that artwork are making a ton of money, you know, like depends. because they have like these artists and they take fifty percent of what they're making, so they must be making some good money having a having a gallery. Now, what what's the reality behind it? Well, if I didn't have the coffee shop, I couldn't pay for my gallery. It's a, <laughs> it's a very are. expensive hobby. Yes. But it's also my way of working uh, a bit. So, like, yeah, I, I don't really go to expos and talk to managers to get an artist. 
I'd like to spot an artist and uh, you know or right. if somebody says yeah I have this friend then I will look at his work yep. I also had to look at work that people made on the streets and then had to look at their uh, canvas work because not like if you have Telmo Mill from uh, Holland this duo if you see the buildings they do they're incredible right. but now they have to make it on a one by one canvas and that's yeah. much harder so I think uh, yeah they are also getting better and better you know uh, but I done a show with them and yeah I for me the, it wasn't as strong uh, as if they would have done it on a on a building it doesn't translate quite as much that's as a that's big really hard and yeah. of course as an artist so that's what you said also about sensors if you have the, uh, this ID but you're not that good at as a freehand writer you know, then, yeah, you're going to use a stencil, you want, want to show your ID. So, yeah, it's a bit of cheating because you've done a lot of work at home already. Right. But, yeah, is it really cheating, you know? Yeah. Uh, as an work, artist, right? yeah, as an artist, you want to uh, show your ID. So, I understand the difference be between it, but I don't think it's always uh, honest. We're not all Tristan Eaton. I've seen that guy work, <laughs> and he goes freehand like, yeah. oh, this is he's like a robot. This is not normal, you yeah, know. Yeah, but not yeah. everybody can do that. So no, yeah, no. I, I and I think it's great that we can hear uh, an international opinion too, because a lot of times in LA, uh, you know, LA is such a big city. A lot of times we forget, you know, we're like, oh, this. I remember uh, the older blogs would say, oh, we don't need to worry about other places because everybody comes to us, basically. You know, and to me, yeah, but <laughs> or to me, some, but it's like for us, it's always a thirst for said. knowledge. You, you were talking about Li uh, Lionel Gallery and they do the Mocha uh, yeah. machine, but that's they already have a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. They, they will try to get a piece of Jeff Koons. They act like uh, they well, have to do something with Banksy. I yeah. think the guy... I hate them. <laughs> well, I think let's let's talk about it for a second. They, had, they did a show one time, and then they said it was a Banksy show in the gallery. The guy has nothing to do with it. They put posters all over the city, and yeah, then they did this those. interview. Yeah. And I was reading the interview, and the guy is just a uh, yeah. Sorry, but if you look at where street art is coming from, and if you say it, it's coming from graffiti. This guy comes from uh, the most richest neighborhood of Holland, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. What do you have to do with, uh, like, this b-boy uh, 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 culture? culture? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Totally nothing. And the guy was talking in his interview, and then they put quotes uh, from Banksy next to it. <laughs> but nobody saw the irony, or when I was reading, like, don't you get it? Banksy is talking about you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I love that, man. Thank you for putting that so well. And, and, and so that's also with, if you want to make money in a gallery, yeah, if you have bank skis and stuff like that, you only have to sell two paintings a year, and yeah, you're done. Sure. You can go on holiday. <laughs> yeah. For me, it cost me in rent and the people that have to uh, that work for me and uh, the opening show you, you missed uh, last week and it's a shame because oh we went by the gallery and we saw the, all the pieces yeah the, the pieces the but not the opening uh, it was like uh, it, it went out of hand we got the police coming out and everybody <laughs> inside and the party I was like 
you have a permittance for that? No, man, it just got out of hand. I don't know. <laughs> it was like when they start selling, uh, you know, the staple uh, dunk. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, like we have a hundred pairs and then you have riots in front of the sneaker store. <laughs> it was a bit like that. And uh, I was like, yeah. It's like a sneaker, so it's like we, a sneaker release. <laughs> first, we're going to look at the artists, but the artists that we have are not famous. And mostly we try to have people because people don't buy that much art in their life. If you're not in the art world, if you're not a collector, you probably buy two pieces of art in your life. One for your above your own couch, and if your friend is uh, on your for your friend's wedding, <laughs> like that's that's when people buy art. And yeah, for the rest, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So, and if I work, uh, so we want to have like for something for like a hundred euros. And then you can go up to 10,000 euros, but I can tell you, I probably don't have the customer for 10,000 euros. Yeah. I have customers still three, four, five thousand euros. That's what I think that I have. So I can hang a Banksy, I will never sell it. I see. We had a show with Pipsqueak and they know Ron English. And then they saw, I'm a big fan of Ron English. And then they said like, we can get you in touch with him. I said, what uh, What does his painting cost? 40, 50,000 euros. If you also bring the customers, I can do it. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm just wasting everybody's time. Yeah, That's well, awesome, well, man. I uh, love that perspective. I might have a beautiful yeah. spot, but if I don't have somebody who will say, oh, yeah, okay, here, I pay for it, you know, then, then it's no use. And... Yeah, I think it's uh, it's also more fun that uh, yeah uh, my friends or uh, people that that are fan of the gallery and that come uh, every time. I had a kid; he wanted to buy a print, cost three hundred euros. He had to bring every two weeks ten euros, <laughs> and in that way he bought a piece. That's and I cool. think that's cooler that's than awesome. somebody who comes in. Oh yeah, yeah, put me that one in, uh, you know. And uh, give me a discount and uh, oh, all yeah. that stuff, you know, because I've seen that also you, a lot. They we do put that it on layaway for him. Yeah, we're That's gonna, awesome. We're gonna be a, a long time uh, client. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. just took five pieces for the price of two, and ever I'm never gonna see, see you again. Exactly. That's how it's gonna work, and I think it's also not. Uh, yeah. It's not to me, it's not nice for all the work that I've put in, but also uh, to the artist, if you're gonna say, if something is like 2000 euros, and can I get it for 1500? I'm a bit like, I'm allergic to that. I'm like, yes. no man, it's 2000. <laughs> yeah, the guy, you're a bit allergic, I love it, that. Yeah, but you never heard of a poor artist? That's why, because of guys <laughs> like you, you know? <laughs> You're right. Now, hang it in your mansion with the rest, and you get into your Ferrari. That's <laughs> yeah, dude, it, I, I, it is so true. I've had so many clients, and the richer clients seem to be the ones that always want the better deal, and the ones that that can barely afford the artwork, they have never asked for a deal. They've never. And the only thing they have asked for is if they can make payments. Yeah, and that man. But then you know why the other guy gets rich. <laughs> you know, that's the whole thing. <laughs> no, right? And then he's getting poor. But then he's he's got some, some wonderful well, artwork in his house that is you know worth in feelings and in spirituality a lot more than just a print that has nothing to it. You know? 
I agree. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of it is uh, sentimental value, and uh, you, you know, to yourself, at least for what I collect, or it's a style, it's a taste, and uh, maybe it's an event that I'm at that I had a great time. That's that's when I buy art, you know. Um, but yeah, you're, also the artist, you know, if you if you like an artist, you want to you support, support him. him. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's how you support an artist. You know, you, you buy their artwork, um, and and as as uh, a street artist, <coughs> you know. Um, it's uh, it's hard enough just to do artwork as it is sometimes, you know. But then to to be brave enough to go out there and put it up in the street. Um, well, but, she posted a few of the um, at the OD Gallery. They had this uh, hallway, or is it a, a little area? Like yeah, inside the gallery, there's uh, an open area um, that has windows that look out into the open area, so you can see exterior walls actually. And it is so cool because they have all these other artists who have done pieces. Yeah, 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 and, definitely. And you know, a lot of the artists are ones that have shown in the gallery. Yeah. So um, I just it was really cool. cool. First was we had uh, Alexena from uh, Brazil on there. He started, and then I had uh, Alec Face from Thailand. Uh, uh, Pip Squeak was on there, and it was getting bigger and bigger and then they had to do something about that wall who owned the building so yeah, and then they, they, they we yeah it's all gone then but we're gonna just start over again <laughs> yeah, and that was also like everybody's like but if you do that it's not illegal i said what can they say you know i'm just gonna get like if they say yeah you have to paint over it otherwise you have to pay this uh, fine or whatever i'm just gonna get like uh, white, paint white paint and then yeah. we're gonna paint over it <laughs> yeah 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 and it's uh, but till that time we do whatever we like and uh, <laughs> I love but that. I think what you said also uh, up front, you see the little cat and you see Potter's yeah. Lair with his little monster. So people are even passing by and leaving something on the gallery. Yeah, yeah. So they, they so yeah. Like, Before I even knew it was the OD gallery, I had taken pictures and posted it. Yeah. So I was like, check out this. Is yeah, you awesome can check that out on Teacher's Instagram, definitely. And we'll post that up on LA Shore Gallery too. I mean, um, and you know, I want to talk about the resident artist there right now. Um, featured there his name is uh frankie basically frankie, right? just yeah. frankie frankie uh and uh yeah he had some really really cool stuff man i, I really really enjoyed uh uh one of the pieces he had was like a, a glass panel that he put for the uh, uh the bus stop area that was like uh that was Johan Cruyff, number 14 very important to us yeah <laughs> uh, football player basically yeah. you, you know so um so like I said, and he also had these, uh, one of the things I haven't seen before, this was kind of like an innovation for me, is that when you're, on, when you're a kid and you can insert a quarter into or in, in, a ride. into a ride, basically. And, and that's, it's usually a, a horsey that you hop on or some kind of <laughs> car, you know, and then it does like a rocking thing or something like that. But what he did was he took a, uh, a stripper, basically, and made her the, uh, the part that goes up and down. And then you have a seat there that you actually sit in. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it's like a lap dance. Yeah. yeah, and it's a lap dance. It's so awesome, man. It's like, to be honest, it's like I hadn't seen that uh, type of street. I can imagine that out on the street too, you know. And the other one he had was he had a uh, uh, a sculpture of himself, and when you put the quarter or the you token crawl in there, around in a circle, you can actually sit on his back, and he would crawl and crawl on a circle. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love self-deprecating. Yeah, but you saw the humor. pictures on the wall. So that's how we found him also, uh, uh, that uh, 
the pictures on the wall, they're, they're very cheap. They're 15 euros, you know, and then you get a nice print of the work he actually did on, on the uh, street, on, basically. On the street. Yeah. Mm. So, and that's how he got famous. But he, he has the smarts for it. Uh, uh, most of the uh, artists that we have are, yeah, probably they have a normal day job and do that to the side. And, uh, and they are just fanatics in like uh, you know Creating. I know yeah I know guys they they have to paint you know they <laughs> they get their cans if it's storming outside they just have to uh, you know they have to do it mm. uh, him also he doesn't have to do it uh, there's a funny story also that they were building like uh, the north south uh, uh, metro that's there they're already doing this for twenty years now. And they had close to the Heineken brewery, they had this uh, a little house that was uh, from the metro uh, station, but they were still building it and it would get steam out of it. So he put a, a mannequin on it, like a guy who was sitting in a sauna. <laughs> and then, oh, that is so smart. They, like they, they took it away. And then the city hall said like, okay, the artist can pick it up or somebody can buy it. But he has this advertisement company. He doesn't have to do it for the money. You know, he does it because he likes it. So he bought it back because he didn't want to say, I want, I'm the artist and then put the, the thing back there. Like it's supposed to be there. So he puts his own money in all that stuff, you know? And uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. That, no. He keeps on doing it, but he has that smart, you know, even if, uh, like, maybe you saw it, Fabo. Yeah, yeah. Like, where you, you, where you yes. have to get, like, your, your hamburger out of the wall. Yes. This oh, is yes, one of my I've favorite things. Every single time I come here. Yes, I've done it. So, the Dutch yeah. way of uh, McDonald's, uh, the Amsterdam way of McDonald's, <laughs> and it never had a, a, a good name or something. It's yeah. really poor man's uh, uh, food. And... Yeah, uh, he made it actually back into a brand. So now I have, yeah, I even bought it. Fanny packs, he made flip or not for, uh, yeah, flip, flip flops, flops but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. met Fabo. He makes it into this brand. Now it's even, you know, like a wow. fashion, like I'm Fabo. Man. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what Fabo is, basically in, in Holland, there is a uh, uh, fast food restaurant that if you, you know, if you have change, you can just insert it into these slots and then you can pull the door open and it's a dispensary of burgers, croquettes. Mostly and, burgers and croquettes. Yeah, and, I mean, they have amazing chicken too, actually, you know, and fries. But but like I said, if, if, if you're a beggar, you can always beg for some change and then uh, insert it into these uh, dispensing <laughs> machines. So it's very unique to Holland. So that's pretty awesome, man. He really understands the mentality of, yeah, but of the, it's, the street uh, guy. Yeah, you know? but it's almost like trailer trash food, you know? <laughs> like this is a poor man's food and he made it into this brand, basically. Yeah, you walk around with Fabo, like it's nobody <laughs> says like, yeah, man, I'm trailer trash and I'm proud of it, you know? <laughs> It's <laughs> like, so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. make it as a lot, it's, yeah. That, that's really awesome, man. Now, how often do you change the uh, resident artists inside the... Um, inside every two months. Every two months, okay, okay, so... Our next one gonna be Ricky Powell and Friends. Ricky Powell, okay, okay. Because... Is he an uh, Amsterdam artist as well, too? No, 
Ricky Powell, uh, who, the photographer, oh, photographer. The, Beast, uh, okay. the Beastie Boys. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, always... I, I'm I mean, not, they mentioned her. Uh, I mentioned him at the gallery. That you're, uh, I, I'm, yeah, not, uh, I'm not uh, really a guy who got starstruck, you know. He's just a normal person. And, you know, and especially in Amsterdam, Holland, that's why a lot of artists like to come here because you can just walk the streets. You do that in L.A., you get to the next corner and then you tie <laughs> everybody now, but everybody's like, oh, I have photo- yeah. a photograph and uh, <laughs> when, over here they don't do it. So I'm also, I have that attitude a bit, but I'm really like, grew up with the Beastie Boys and I had them in the shop one time, I had uh, Mike D. I just nice. saw Ed Rock pass by and then I had Mike D while I'm standing by the counter. I almost fainted. <laughs> and I really, I started sweating. I was like, fuck, that's my key. So we started to do have photography shows. And I'm honest about it. I, I don't understand the technique. So I cannot uh, tell what's good or what's not. And it's always with our art. But I, have, I think it's hard with photography, especially now with all the phones. It's almost yeah, like anybody can take a, uh, take a good picture. Yes. And... So then I had to say a photographer, and I said, yeah, well, you know, uh, Ricky Powell. So we just asked him one day, like, okay, would you like to do a show in Amsterdam? I believe he'd done a show 25 years ago over here, and I thought, yeah, it is part of the culture, you know? Yeah, absolutely. definitely, definitely. We always say, uh, well, on this podcast, we actually bring on musicians that I produce too. I'm a DJ, right? So we always say not just street artists, but artists from the streets. You, you, you know what I mean? That's kind of like the brand of LA Street Art Gallery. So, uh, man, that's pretty awesome because uh, we'll introduce you to some photographers too if you're into uh, some hip-hop photography, man, because, uh, you know, Amsterdam is the spot to have a show, man. I mean, there's so many people come in. They're in a good mood. They're high. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, you know, they're eating chips with mayonnaise and they're walking around the city. And you know what? It's a good time to buy art, you know, in Amsterdam. When the weather's nice like today, you know, we thought it was going to rain for this entire week, man. When I checked the weather, the week before I came here, I looked at the weather channel for the... And it was raining every single day. The, the day we arrived, it was supposed to be nice, and then it was supposed to rain every single day, either in the morning or in the evening, and the only day that it was going to be anywhere clear was Saturday. And so I prepared my, mentally prepared myself for that. It's like, okay, whatever, you know, just deal with it. But man, we have been so blessed, man. so lucky. No so, rain. I mean, you know what, it, it, uh, it, how's the scene compared here, compared to, you said London and things like that. You haven't made it out to L.A., right? But No. Yeah, but what about the other areas in, uh, uh, like, you know, big street art hubs are uh, like Berlin, right? You know, Bristol, Paris. Paris. Yeah, how how's Paris is more like Berlin is really like all the artists doesn't even have to be a street artist. Uh, you want to live there. It has that old vibe. Yes, no, I, I might even say it has that old Amsterdam vibe. Because yeah, there's a lot it. of free havens that you can do your stuff, you know. You can find a good smoke there also. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I think that is, and then if you look at London, yeah, that's really like uh, art orientated. So uh, yeah, because of guys like Banksy, you know, the, the 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 galleries are doing, I think, very well. Uh, but yeah, they they want to put it on a higher uh, like art level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then if you go. Uh, like Barcelona, a lot of artists are actually going now to Barcelona also. But that's yes. because 
it's just uh, also a nice city to be at. Like <laughs> yeah. you just said, we always have with the coffee shops or with the coffee shop cannabis uh, industry, you have the spannabis. And I had already so many years that it would, it would rain or whatever, and I'm there, and then the sun is always there, and I'm like a <laughs> reptile standing there. Are we coming just from the winter? You know, you guys don't really have the seasons. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Over yeah. here we have them, and then you're like standing there like a reptile. Oh, sun, yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> Always. And, it now, gets cold and the food, hell, so yeah. a lot of artists are living there. And I think Paris is, yeah, is more underground, is more hardcore if you look at it that way. Also, if you look at... Uh, uh, like uh, the hip hop culture, those are also like the cities. Yeah, uh, Paris is actually to. France is actually the second largest market for hip hop in the entire world after after the U.S. Um, so just, just <laughs> you know, I mean, I know yeah, exactly. It's strange. I mean, yeah, I don't have a big. Uh, to me, it's like Japanese rap. I don't speak French. Yeah, now. yeah. I don't know where it's about. <laughs> I already have that with American rap. I go like, what is the guy talking about? Like I'm coming from this era, you know. Like I said, the Beastie Boys, Public Enemy. Uh, I could understand that what they were saying. Now I don't know if it's the auto uh, or the, the voice uh, thing that they. Do I only? I don't even get it. What are they talking yeah. about, man? Well, now I mean, uh, Amsterdam. I mean, I'm sure there's Dutch rappers as well, too, right? You, you yeah. know what I mean? Are they? Is a uh, hip hop culture more underground here because electronic music is so big here? Basically, you know, it's such a DJ culture. Um, nah, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's uh, any. Uh, it's no longer underground over here. Like you said, it, uh, like the dance industry has always been big here. Yes. I, I come from that era also a little bit. So it started uh, early or uh, late 80s. Yeah. They started uh, to play uh, more in England. They had like Acid House. Yeah. And then we would take uh, electronic things like Kraftwerk from Germany. Yep. But you had a lot of electronic uh, bands from Belgium and that's what we would play. And that started to get uh, uh, their own uh, uh, or they started to make their own music over here. And that was what we call Gabber. Uh, Gabber is actually like a he, yeah, Hebrew word. Amsterdam is a little bit of a, yeah, a Jewish uh, city. Mm -hmm. oh, wow, okay. And uh, so uh, we call our friends, we call the Gabber, and then we had Gabber music, and it was really hardcore. You yeah. know, so many beats uh, every minute, yeah, and that became big in the world. So they know, but like I think, or like, like Dutch hip hop. Is really for the Dutch because not many people speak, speak Dutch. Dutch. Yeah, oh so my God. yeah, it would be like Japanese rap again. You know, like what the <laughs> fuck is this guy talking about? I only see him like swinging his arms and acting tough. And yeah, well, okay. Yeah, no, it's, that's interesting. Yeah, so you grew up obviously listening to you know more what? classic we were, American. Uh, we were at this uh, the Rolling Kitchen Festival. Yeah, yeah, Rolling day, Kitchen and Festival. There was a couple of uh, Dutch guys that were doing rap. Yeah, you know what, there were two There were two guys, uh, a duo doing hip-hop, and then uh, Keith, Teacher made the comments saying, hey, these guys are very Beastie Boys inspired, actually. You know, and I agree with him. It was very... Uh, uh, Mannerisms, the way they were moving around and everything, and yeah. it was funny because they had, um, I call them like a Tom Selleck knockoffs, or Magnum P.I. knockoffs. They had, um, both guys had mustache, and they had the Hawaiian shirts. 
We don't know who it is, but, uh, you know. They were, they were pretty good, though. They had a nice beat going, and, you know, I couldn't understand a damn thing they were saying. But um, They're speaking Dutch, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they were Dutch. You know, the, the interesting thing to me is, like, see, on the West Coast in L.A., uh, it's the hip-hop scene is actually very different. I see the whole the Amsterdam hip-hop scene being very New York-inspired, actually, you know. Um, a lot of stuff going on. Even the Beastie Boys, like I said, in L.A., a lot of it is... Uh, uh, you know, like the Dr. Dre's and the the gangster raps of the world. Uh, you know, you know. Yeah, that's, that's what they like. You know, also. <laughs> Definitely. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It depends on. Yeah, like over here, it's multicultural. So you even see that certain guys, that uh, let's say like the Suriname guys or like uh, the colored guys we have over here, yeah, mostly yeah, yeah. from Suriname. Yeah. They like that more that kind of music. You know, that Tupac, uh, yeah, yeah, Snoop yeah. Dogg, that yeah. kind. Of, uh, the Moroccan kids also are a little bit on that side of hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. just white guys, and we, yeah, all we know is Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah, all we have to do Vanilla House Ice. But who wants to be Vanilla Ice? You know, like House of Pain, maybe too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know uh, Everlast. He passes by here also, Not, you know, and uh, from be, LA, I know the guys Evidence, Babu, Raka. Uh, no, I never met Be Real. Last time I was at Greenhouse, I just randomly saw him uh, hanging out there. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, he goes there. He gets his free weed though, but he doesn't know still. Uh, <laughs> He, uh, he has to find out that the good stuff is over here. Yeah, no, he I should mean, talk to his friends more. Really, I mean, uh, so let me ask you: uh, What are your? Fa- I mean, obviously you have your own coffee shop, you, you know what I mean. But what are some of the, uh, uh, you know, ones that you grew up going to? Basically, what are some of the ones that have been here for that long? Uh, yeah, but there are some smaller shops that maybe people don't know. Uh, like uh, if now that that's not, but. Like, I would go to the Kabouter. Okay. Uh, what, what is uh, a leprechaun? Uh, leprechaun, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I got more of that old culture uh, because of that. They had like old hippies, but they were all, all old smugglers. So they would get stuff from uh, uh, Persia uh, or uh, Lebanon or Afga- uh, Afghanistan, uh, Morocco. You oh know, those, these were people who would take like a VW bus and just see how far it would bring them. <laughs> oh my God! And then yeah, they would bring back that that stuff. So I I've seen really I learned a lot there. Uh, yeah, I grew up in what's called the garden that one uh, is still existing that's awesome man and I mean yeah that's that's re- was really the neighborhood shop and yeah there are were other shops uh, that always try to bring good care you have to think like uh, especially back in the day you had 600 coffee shops and uh, some guys were just selling uh, like uh, if they say or they heard like uh, a customer hey you have white widow and they go like no and then the guy turns around and leaves and he go like tomorrow you just call something white widow but you also had like the coffee shops that really took their work a little bit with pride and yeah, more yeah. serious yeah. so they would get the real white widow so there were a few shops like Definitely. who had uh, uh, always had a good name 
Gray Area, which yeah, is more right? of an American yeah. shop. That's the that's what uh, that's the one I've always took him to because they always have uh, you know a cannabis cup placer basically there uh, usually um, at their store. So uh, yeah, they were not so lucky with uh, with the cannabis cup. They got second uh, yeah, place, and so, they, so uh, they always get third place. Or how does that work? Like, how do, I mean, other shops were just fucking around. They, you could buy judge passes and then vote on yourself. They, they have so much money and they know. <laughs> It will bring me so much customers. I buy like 300 uh, judge tickets. So you bought for 60,000 euros of judge tickets and vote on, on your own coffee shop for your ego to stand there with a cup. But they know they're going to make that money back. If Gray Area gets third, we were all, oh yeah, so actually you're the winner. winner. Yeah, that, that for us, that's how it felt. Okay, okay, I, I see. know the, the, I was really young and then, Yet Victor and he actually put the pavement for them, you know, the the basics over there. So he done a lot of things. He had uh, coffee shops in Amsterdam, CIA coffee shops in Amsterdam. He would uh, get a building, call it uh, the the Empire State Building. Uh, he was working. He was one of the first who start bringing like hemp clothing, uh, so uh, 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 like uh, yeah, hoodlum that really comes Hoodlam, uh, Hoodlam, uh, from yeah. a bit from him. He was the the the. the Wait, he's hoodlum. the owner of Hoodlam? No, 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 no. But he, uh, he had Victor, and he came up with these ideas, and he gave all the youngsters uh, like. The opportunity to make something big out of so like THC really comes from his he, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he put the groundwork there and I can tell you like the gray area he started not as a coffee shop he actually started it as the first uh, can uh, or not even cannabis but hennep re uh, restaurant in the uh, in the world hemp that's how, uh, how he brought it so now I had to go do groceries for a coffee shop and I'm standing, Victor is standing behind me. Hey Victor, how you doing? Yeah, cool, cool. How's the restaurant doing? And then he went like, nah, I quit that. I had to do the dishes and all that. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the gray area. Yeah, They yeah, have yeah. two tables, six seats. I was like, oh, you had to do the dishes. Yeah, it must be hard work, Victor. You know, like, if you go and think it wasn't yeah. any bigger. <laughs> well, he somewhere. couldn't handle it bigger, you know, but uh, yeah. Great. And then later on, he made that, uh, turned that into a coffee shop. So yeah, I always have a, a soft spot for uh, for places like that. Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite ones just because it's so unique. Um, uh, everybody just uh, takes the joint paper and then they look at, they write something on the joint paper and they stick it on the wall, you know. And it's been, so if you go inside, it literally looks like just this unique design because all these joint papers on the ceiling and everything like that. stickers too intermingled <clears throat> in those as well. Yeah, and then you can, how we always do it, as Americans, we like to smoke out of bongs, you know, not everyone does that here. They usually roll it with spliffs with tobacco, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's che I'm checking out the bong and he's like, don't light it so close to the wall because he doesn't want the whole thing to go on fire. Oh basically. my god! Because <laughs> you can imagine some dumb American that. Oh, did, yeah. did that yeah. before. You, you know, totally. I mean? lighting the ball next. You know, to that's what I'm saying. I bet you uh, it was you know some American that took too many mushrooms and lost his mind and walked in the canal. You, you know what I mean? And that's, and that's what, why. And that's why we can't food. have uh, mushrooms anymore. No, no, no. They had a few people, but the, the, yeah. The thing is, uh, yeah, certain people have, uh, I have it even in the family, my brother has it, uh, he is like psychotic uh, episodes and uh, 
uh, they had like tourists who would come here they would get the mushrooms if you don't do mushrooms that often and you're just gonna oh I bought this whole portion and I'm just oh, gonna no. take it the whole thing. That, that, that might do something to you so they had people who jumped out of uh, windows of hotels mm. jumped yeah. off the Nemo oh my and gosh they said, no more uh, 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 mushrooms but I think they made a mistake because uh, when I was young I w- would do the, the dried mushrooms and I would even get from people that I knew from Scotland who got them themselves you know from, yeah. uh, from the cliffs and it really uh, had difference between the Mexican or the Thai or the, uh, the Scottish how the how you would react on it and then they took it out and one time I took those truffles and I, I have the feeling they're uh, 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 now synthetic so it's just like some truffle they make and put something synthetic drugs on it you know because then I got a reaction that after that I never never done mushrooms anymore because I was like now that that didn't didn't give me the feeling that natural feeling uh, that I would have from like Scottish uh, uh, mushrooms and so uh, I don't think it was a good idea, you know, then yeah. sometimes you might might better regulate it, you know, come up with that idea that you say you're not allowed because the smart shops, the way they work is the same like they did in the beginning here with ecstasy. Ecstasy was legal over here uh, in the early 90s, late 80s. So some guys made really big money with it. Oh my God. And then they say like uh, the formula, the... the uh, uh, so they're gonna say like that 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 is not allowed, you know. So they think, yeah, we got ecstasy, MDMA is not allowed anymore. But then they just gonna MDA. change the, yeah, the, the MDA, and then with MDMA they change the formula. You can get the stuff they they selling at smart shops. You can just order it from China. Yeah. You can just get a book. Okay, bring me that stuff. Oh, it must be like LSD get me that, but we don't know what's in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's why the regulation with like the the weed in the, in, in America now you can yeah if you're lucky and then even it's like what what dispensary do you go to? But that you get clean stuff or good decent grown weed because now you can put all the time and effort in it that you want. But yeah. you also know as a customer what's in it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, with this stuff, I'm a little bit like, uh, yeah, you can throw anything in it. And next year, I can buy the same little pot that I think is this, but they change the law, and that's gonna have a totally different effect on me. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know what? Um, Denver, Colorado, just legalized mushrooms yeah. in the city. And again, I know it, some guys who are <laughs> having a party. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I look on my Instagram. I go like, yeah. I go like, <laughs> You know, but <laughs> hey, it's, it's gonna be dangerous also. No, that's what I know. We'll see how it happens. Because yeah. they're gonna go, yeah, we're gonna do mushrooms in, in the woods. Yeah, don't fall off a cliff, you dumb bastard. Well, I mean, I'm, <laughs> sure, like, I'm sure it's gonna happen. happen. You still can't fly without a doubt. Well, actually, I think it's only legal in the city of Denver. And once you step outside, Denver is, is not uh, legal anymore in the suburb. So, like I said, it's all a, like a gray area in, in a sense, you know. But yeah, <laughs> the city of Denver is also not that you go like, whoa, that's what, now finally something happens in the city over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The other problem you have with, with being in Denver is that you're a mile up in the air. 
Yeah. And so if you're not uh, acclimated to the, you know, the... Um, altitude. Altitude, thank you. Um, that'll mess you up. That's when you're already, you know, being affected from the altitude. And so if you take mushrooms on top of that, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, uh, man. There's definitely going to be some problems. But, man, I'm telling you, it's it's weird because whenever they regulate these things, it goes back to the black market, you know, and then uh, uh, then there's even more dangers in that area. So, like I said, it's just interesting that, you know, the out-of-towner transplants have come into Amsterdam, changed your guys' laws. It's cleaning you guys up, basically, changing it how it was before. And uh, U.S., we're, we're trying to be more like you guys back in the day, basically legalizing yeah, things, they, they, you know? <laughs> Actually, first it was always America and France who stopped, uh, tried to stop what we were doing. Yeah. And now we look at America and go like, man, we missed out. Like, yeah. It's very simple. Now they're going to do this test over here, this uh, legal growth test. And then uh, only certain cities, smaller cities are going to be part of that. So let's say you have a city and they have only like four coffee shops. So now there's going to be somebody who's going to grow their weed. So now they're all going to have the same weed. It's like, okay, we have four restaurants and they all do pasta. And they're like, okay, man, uh, where do I go for my my steak or my... So they're going to have to subsidize these people (laughs) eventually, you know. But (laughs) they do this and this is a test and that's for four years. And then they have like one year of cool down. And then they're going to look like, okay, how did it work out? And we, I'm looking at it like, shit, so it's going to take another five years. <laughs> and we didn't start yet. Eh? They're already talking about this for two years. So they're going to start. And yeah, the world keeps moving. And she, oh, uh, a good example of that is like last year or la- yeah, last year in uh, 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 Germany, they were looking for uh, uh, three parties who could grow their medicinal marijuana. So they want to start a a medicinal marijuana uh, cannabis project also. They said, but then you have to show that you could, uh, that you have grown a hundred kilos of uh, uh, weed in the the last year, but nobody in Europe can show you grew a hundred because it's not legal. So who got the license? two Canadian companies and some American guy or something. Yeah, They're like, yeah, yeah. oh, now we're going to give the market to them also because why, you know? Oh, like, my God. That's so interesting. Well, this is the early stage of this, of this uh, 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 even though, it's, like I said, it's been tolerated, quote-unquote, right, for so long in Amsterdam, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's a bit stupid. Going in circles, it seems They're like, missing right? out. And then if you look at the most... Uh, flowers and vegetables that are grown and well, yeah, it's done here in uh, in Holland in the greenhouses. They 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 the do the, the technology like if you go to the university for Wageningen, yeah, that that these kids can grow anything, you know. <laughs> They're now even talking about no more Chinese or uh, uh, like uh, yeah, especially they said Chinese. Uh, 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 um, students, because they only here to steal our secrets or something like. And we already made that mistake because, the, like, uh, Pakistan has uh, nuclear weapons because of us. 
yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's they true. also let a guy work here, and he was stealing all the secrets of it. Oh, now we can make a big rocket, and we're gonna uh, point India. it at India. <laughs> yeah, like okay, guys. See, look at this. Another Dutchman that understands what's going on outside of the world, man. Yeah, I'll absolutely. tell you, in America. It, it will be very, very tough to uh, find so much a person just randomly that uh, on the street that has, uh, you know... Most people are, Most people, yeah. They don't know anything outside the American Yeah, but bubble, I man. think most people just uh, try to live their lives, you know. It's also not that, uh, that easy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I think it's... A, thank you for an awesome time, man. You, you educated us so much about Amsterdam more, man. It's the art scene, my, you answered my questions about... You know, my dream of owning a coffee shop, man, you know. I so. shattered that dream. Yeah, like, okay. you shattered that dream. <laughs> you yeah, yeah, working yeah, yeah. your millions. Exactly, you know? exactly, man. So, uh, thank you so much, man. Oh, and, for, uh, the, uh, for the OD Gallery, uh, you said the next show you have coming up is... is Ricky Powell with Ricky Powell. When, what, What's the date for that? Uh, uh, the opening show, yeah, we do every two months, yeah, so... Uh, I'm, I cannot say out of my, but it must be at the end of July. I think the 25th or something. Okay, so 25th please. of July. Great. I have and, to check it. And do, uh, do you have an Instagram that we uh, have some people to basically? It's OD Gallery, I think. OD right? Gallery. OD Gallery on Instagram. They have a website, OD Gallery. And uh, downstairs, Original Damp Cream. Original Damp Cream. Uh, and also. Uh, uh, please leave us a review, basically. Uh, we love that. And uh, thank you for the reviews you guys have left us already. Okay, and uh, thank you again. Take care. Love you guys. Take care. Bye. And